Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui um, from Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Go check me out there. Um, I want to go over all of the games for the Week 8 slate. In this episode, I'm going to go over uh, seven games. And in the next episode, I'll be going over eight games. Um, there are only two teams on bye after this uh, after the bye apocalypse that we had in Week uh, number seven. So let's get right into it. I'm uh, going to talk about Thursday night's game, Green Bay at Arizona. Uh, 53 over, over under. Arizona's favored by three and a half points. Uh, Kyler Murray, he might be over his shoulder injury uh, after he scrambled a bit this past week. He didn't do any scrambling over the past, uh, over the couple of weeks before that. Uh, but Green Bay's defense on the low has actually given up some ridiculous rushing numbers uh, to quarterbacks who normally aren't rushing quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke last week, 95 rushing yards. Jared Goff, 46 rushing yards. Jameis Winston, 37 rushing yards. So I, I think Murray has some upside this week. He always has some upside, but this might be some calculated upside. Um, you know, if you want to throw him in your captain spot, for example. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he got his rollback last week. Uh, that was expected um, after he got a full practice in on Friday before the game. Uh, he was fully removed from the, from the injury report as well. Uh, now, those targets we were used to didn't come last week, but he ran a route on 75% of dropbacks last week, which is an amazing number for a running back. He's a PPR RB2 right now, regardless of matchup. Now, uh, James Conner, he, he's a touchdown-dependent flex play, uh, regardless of matchup. Uh, you know, Arizona went up big last week, and, you know, and it was still an Edmonds game, right? So it's going to be hard to decide when to play Connor. Um, but it's, this is really, you know, Edmonds is the one A clear one A in this backfield, um, and Connor's just kind of touchdown dependent. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, he'll likely be shadowed by Eric Stokes. Uh, he's playing. He's been playing well, but I I won't be fading Hopkins <laughs> because of this. Hopkins is at a twenty percent target share this season, so the touchdowns, you know, are really what's saving him. Uh, but you know, he's still a high end wide receiver too because of it. Um, and, you know, and we know what kind of beast he is. If those targets go up at all, um, he'll easily move into the wide receiver one conversation. Uh, Christian Kirk, he's a wide receiver three right now. His floor isn't absolutely zero. Um, his one bad game, really bad game, came against the Rams, and you know that could have been you know because of Jalen Ramsey. But he does have a relatively high ceiling. Rondell Moore isn't moving in on his snaps at the moment, so I'd start him if I need him. Um, I'm talking about Kirk here. I would start Kirk if I need him. Uh, but the Packers didn't really play you know any solid slot wide receivers this year, so it's hard to get a gauge on the matchup. Um, you know, is, but it's nothing to stay away from though. AJ Green was solid up until last week, so if you need a wide receiver three, feel free to start him. He just doesn't have that high of a ceiling. Um, he'll likely see a lot of Kevin King if Stokes shadows Hopkins, and if that happens, Green will have a great matchup. 
Um, Zach Ertz had a great first game against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, for the Cardinals, but he ran a route on less than 60% of dropbacks. His production from last week, you know, isn't sustainable if his role doesn't grow. And, and judging by how much the Cardinals like to run 10 personnel, you know, four wide receiver sets, I it doesn't seem likely um, that he'll, you know, continue to get it done. So, uh, yeah, and like if you look at what Max Williams was doing, this is basically the same role. You know, unless this it grows, you know, it might grow from from you know his first game, you know, with the Cardinals, but I I just don't see that happening. Um, no Devonta Adams, no Alan Lazard this week for the for the Packers. Aaron Jones, uh, I, he's going to feast. Over the last couple of seasons, Jones averaged twenty six point three PPR fantasy points, almost five catches per game, fifty six receiving yards on top of the rushing production um, with Devonta Adams out. So. He is somebody that I, I'm, I'll be bullish on tonight. Um, it looks like MVS will make his return. So it'll be between him, Randall Cobb, and Robert Tunyon to divide You know what looks like a pretty ambiguous target share to me. Arizona has defended the slot very well, so Cobb might not be the best play on paper. Um, but you know we know that Rodgers likes targeting his guys, and I would say Cobb is his guy um, today. Tonight, at least, for Thursday night. But Cobb probably, you know, I would probably label him as a flex play with some upside. Uh, MVS, same thing, you know, in his first game back, flex play with upside. Um, I don't know where they're going to be line up MVS in this game. Um, you know, before he got hurt, they lined him up on the right perimeter most of the time. And, and Arizona has been solid against wide receivers on that side. But who knows, you know, where he lines up with these other guys out, right? Um, Tanyan, you know, he, he is a borderline tight end play, play tight end one play this week, but you know, he should be back on waivers once Devonte Adams is back. His play, you know, is not sustainable. Um, I'm not excited to start Rogers in this matchup, but he's usually been fine without Adams. So, you know, you know, it's like, you know, it's just a well-oiled machine kind of this offense. So, you know, Rogers can still get it done. I'm just not excited about it. Um, I, I do want to talk about the, the Giants. Now, we're not talking about the Giants here, but, you know, you, there are some decisions that we have to make, right? And I've been getting a lot of questions about it, um, specifically, you know, Kadarius Tony. Um, now, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, all not practicing on Thursday. Now, Saturday is the day, the practice that, I, that really matters, right? Um, and according to Beat Report, because they, they do play on Monday night. Right, so Thursday practice is really like Wednesday practice, and Wednesday practice doesn't really mean much, right? So, but but according to beat reporters, Saquon and Galladay seem to be ahead of Tony in terms of how involved they were with trainers and what they could do. So, you know, if you have to play someone on Thursday night like Christian Kirk or AJ Green, it, to me, it doesn't seem like Tony is going to play this week. Now, I could be wrong. But, you know, you got to make the decision, right? And I personally made the decision of just playing that guy today or, you know, on Thursday night. Um, you know, just make sure you don't put him in your flex, <laughs> right? If you're going to, like, I understand, like, if you have, like, you know, Calvin Ridley and A.J. Brown and, you know, all these other DeAndre Hopkins and you want to put them in your wide receiver spot, I get it. But if you're going to play someone on Thursday night, if you're going to play a wide receiver on Thursday night, for example, Christian Kirk, don't put him in your flex spot. Okay, put him in your wide receiver spot and then throw Hopkins or Ridley or whoever is in your wide receiver spot into your flex. Because let's say that Ridley, you know, I'm not going to wood right now, but Ridley like pulls a hamstring on Friday. Then what are you going to do? Then you're pigeonholed into playing a wide receiver now because you left Ridley in your wide receiver spot. But if you had him in your flex spot, you can take Ridley out of your flex spot and you can play any position in your flex spot. Now, you're not pigeonholed to that wide receiver spot. Okay, hope that makes sense. 
Never put any of your Thursday night players in your flex spot. Um, But yeah. So yeah. Um, Wanted to address that though before I move on. Okay, let's move on to the Dolphins at the Bills. Uh, Miles Gaskin is playable um, as a PPR running back too with Malcolm Brown on IR. Um, This isn't an ideal matchup, but if the Bills go up big, you know, maybe Gaskin starts getting targeted in comeback mode. So at at least we kind of know he'll be on the field in those situations because Malcolm Brown would be the one to worry about to steal some of that passing down work away from Gaskin. Uh, Jalen Waddell is at 20% target share for the year, uh, which is solid. He's really preferred in PPR leagues as a solid wide receiver three. The good thing is that Buffalo's, you know, one spot where they haven't been completely shut down in terms of that secondary is the slot. And Waddle runs about 70% of his routes from there. Uh, Devontae Parker's status still up in the air. I, I wouldn't be so excited to play him this week if he does suit up. Uh, but he is a solid pickup, you know, on, on A, a pass first offense, and B, a team who might get Deshaun Watson, right? Um, Mike Gesicki has been great lately. And by the way, I say that Parker is a solid pickup because he's available, or at least before this week, he was available on waivers uh, in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Mike Gusecki has been great lately. He ran a route on 86% of dropbacks this past week, which is a great number, um, which actually went up from the previous week. 20% target share each of the last two weeks, very solid. So keep starting him as a solid tight end one. Josh Allen on the other side of the ball, obviously a high in QB1, good matchup. Stefan Diggs, high in wide receiver one. Uh, Xavier Howard might shadow, uh, but he hasn't been amazing this year. The Dolphins have just been terrible at defending wide receivers. They've given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, and specifically the most to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So, you know, this obviously helps Emmanuel Sanders as well. Uh, he is a high wide receiver three play himself. Um, now, with Dawson Knox out this week, I would assume the Bills will run less 12 personnel and just keep three wide receivers on the field for most plays, whether they're leading or whether they're trailing. Um, they've really been playing three wide receiver sets when they're trailing. Um, and last week we did see them uh, ramp up that three wide receiver set a little bit. Um, so as a result, I think Cole Beasley should be on the field more and he becomes, you know, a PPR flex worthy uh, player. Um, I, I, I might even rank him as a borderline wide receiver three with some upside as well, uh, you know, because of that Knox injury. Uh, Zach Moss, he was inching his way to taking over, you know, the Bills' backfield every week. And, you know, that came screeching to a halt last week. It's like Devin Singletary pulled him back to where he was at. Um, And now they're back at a, you know, relatively even share. So it's tough to start either. You know, Moss is a desperation flex because of the matchup and because, um, you know, he's kind of put in better positions when it comes to the goal line, that sort of thing. Um, And the Bills' defense, uh, pretty solid play this week as well. Um, Panthers at Falcons, uh, DJ Moore, you know, still getting some elite usage, 29% of targets for the season, 27% last week, 35% the week before Sam Darnold, definitely regressing, right? But Moore should be in lineups as a wide receiver one. The Falcons have given up the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year, the eighth most over the last four weeks. Um, the Falcons have been pretty solid. Uh, on AJ Terrell's side, but Moore splits time pretty evenly on both sides, so he'll see Fabian Moreau enough um, to get some production on the left side. Robbie Anderson, he's just hard to trust, right? Another game with high target share, 24%. He still can't put it together in the stat sheet. The problem is is that so many of his targets are uncatchable, right? So it's not all on Robbie. Um, This is a Sam Darnold problem, right? Hopefully he gets it together, but he's a tough start right now for me. Um, I'd still say that Robbie's a desperate flex because of all the targets that he is getting. Uh, Chuba Hubbard remains a solid RB2 with McCaffrey out. 
the Falcons have been solid against running backs on the ground. Um, but they've given up the eighth most fantasy points to the position, uh, even though the, you know they simply you know they simply didn't play any good run offenses, honestly, um, and not a lot of running backs were able to get a ton of volume against them. Um, they had the Dolphins, the Jets, Washington, the Bucks before Fournette became a thing, uh, and the Eagles, right? So I think Hubbard is a solid play this week. Cordell Patterson is a high end RB two. Um, and a wide receiver too, <laughs> depending on where you want to play him. Um, his usage last week went up as a wide receiver and a running back. Um, you know, when he wasn't in the backfield with Mike Davis, he was running around as a wide receiver on a lot of snaps. Um, so, you know, his usage is very unique. And I just continue to start him, um, especially in PPR leagues. Um, and as far as matchup goes, he's not really matchup dependent. So it doesn't really matter. Um, now, Mike Davis, on the other hand, he's a bit unstartable right now. Um, unless we see his opportunities go up, you know, Patterson kind of took over last week and Davis only had four total opportunities. So, you know, I, I'd hold him on my bench for now, right. To see if things change, but you know, if you, if you drop him already, that's fine. Calvin really is a wide receiver one in terms of usage, continue to start him as a wide receiver one. The production hasn't been what we hope, but his big games are coming. The matchup on the left side where he primarily lines up is, is a relatively tough one against Dante Jackson. Um, the Panthers have given up the least amount of fantasy points over there. Um, but the, the really, really does move around a bit, right? So now there is a chance Stefan Gilmore plays this week, um, but not sure if he plays a full complement of snaps if he does suit up, but we'll see. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, has officially broken out. So keep starting him as, as a mid to high end tight end one. 23% target share each of the last three games, running around on 80% of dropbacks. That's exactly what you're looking for in, in a high end tight end. Okay, moving on to the Eagles at the Lions. Uh, Jalen Hurts, solid QB1, get, getting it done every week despite, you know, a, a rough offense. Um, Kenny Gainwell. You know, he's a solid PPR RB2 this week, I think, with Miles Sanders out. This is a good matchup overall for the running backs. Jordan Howard will likely be elevated from the practice squad, but that shouldn't affect Gainwell's role. This team doesn't run the ball anyway. Uh, Boston Scott is like a what-the-heck flex, um, but Howard can impede on his role if they choose to give him some carries. Uh, But I, I just don't consider Scott having much upside, though. Uh, Devontae Smith's usage continues to be good. His target share was 32% last week. He got a 25% target share, you know, for the year. I continue to start him as a high and wide receiver three. He would be ranked much higher um, with his usage if he was on a more competent offense. Um, but this is a great matchup for him. Dallas Goddard is a solid tight end one option too. He ran around on 88% of dropbacks this past week without Zacherts, and now we're just waiting for those targets to come up, which they should. You know, especially when you consider his career long targets per route run, um, targets per route run rate. Um, he still got it done for you last week with only five targets. Um, he's currently number two in yards per reception among all tight ends. Um, so it, you know, it's a neutral matchup for Goddard, but he should continue to come through as a solid tight end one every week. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's in your lineup as a high end running back one. Jamal Williams, a bit unstartable right now. You know, only in very deep leagues would he be an option because of the carries that he's getting. Um, you know, if you're in bad times, you know, with your running back situation, I get it. Uh, it, it is a good matchup, you know, against the Eagles. Uh, Khalif Raymond, 
has been relatively consistent. You know, given this offensive situation, it's not the best matchup in the world for him. But, you know, I consider him a desperate flex if you need it in, like, a deeper league. Same thing with Amara St. Brown. Um, he, he might be able to recover <laughs> after a down week last week. You know, wasn't even targeted. Maybe that had something to do with Jalen Ramsey in the nickel. Uh, but Philly is in the middle of the pack when it comes to defending slot wide receivers. So St. Brown is also a desperate PPR flex if you need it. Uh, if I had to choose one, it's probably Raymond right now as the flavor of the week. Um, but, you know, it could swing the other way. TJ Hawkinson, solid tight end one, 26% target share each of the last two weeks. Keep starting him, especially against the Eagles. They've given up the six most fantasy points to the position so far. Uh, and they're tied for the most touchdowns given to tight ends up, uh, given up to tight ends as well. Titans at the Colts. Uh, Derrick Henry, obviously in. Hope you were able to buy low on A.J. Brown. 28%, 38%, 34% target share over the last three weeks. Over 50%. Um, of uh, air yards over the last two weeks. So he's back. He runs about 80% of his routes from the right perimeter and the slot, and those are the two most vulnerable spots in the Colts' secondary. Uh, They're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers running routes in the right perimeter and the 12th most fantasy points to receivers running out of the slot. So uh, he's back to being a borderline wide receiver one. Julio Jones hasn't played a full complement of snaps or routes you know, for more than a month at least now. And I don't know if that improves this week. Maybe if he gets some full practices in, we should have more confidence um, if that's the case. I would probably like rank him as a wide receiver three right now, you know, if he is going to play. Carson Wentz on the other side of the ball, he can be started as a streamer this week. He's been getting it done, right, for fantasy every single week except this one. Um, except one, right? Against that was against Tennessee, actually. Uh, but he is at home this time around. He is playing better, so he he is an option. Now, one of those reasons he is playing better is because of Michael Pittman. Pittman has been getting it done. Now, the lack of target share over the last two games kind of sucked, right? T. Y. Hilton um, definitely had an impact in Week Six, uh, but Pittman only saw four targets last week without Hilton, right? Still, he caught all four balls for 100 yards and a touchdown, right? Um, I don't expect Zach Pascal to get the targets he got last week, you know, but T.Y. Hilton, you know, can mess us up a bit if he's back, right? Um, I'd say Pittman is a solid wide receiver three to be conservative, but he definitely has upside to be higher than that. Um, He'll probably see a lot of Janoris Jenkins this week on the Colts. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, on the Colts right side of the ball. So so relatively tough, but, but nothing too scary. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, is in your lineup as a low-end running back one, um, hoping he can continue to break off those big plays that he's been doing over the last few weeks. Uh, As far as the matchup goes, it's relatively neutral. Okay, Rams at Texans. Matthew Stafford, he's in as a solid QB1 this week. Cooper Cup, obviously, in as as the best fantasy wide receiver this year. Uh, Robert Woods got another game below 20% target share. He was at 15%. This past week, he's right about 20% for the year, which is which is fine, but he's not a wide receiver two right now. I'd call him a borderline wide receiver two with upside. Um, solid matchup for both wide receivers in this game. Tyler Higby's usage went up to last week, went up last week. He he ran a route on almost every dropback and then got targeted on a, at a 20% rate. So, you know, the last two weeks, 85% of dropbacks, um, then almost 100%. Routes run on on you know routes run on dropbacks so like he's targeted seventeen percent twenty percent of the last two weeks so very solid usage over the last two weeks I would say he's like a solid to low end tight end one right now um, and if this type of usage continues like he's definitely on the rise I continue to monitor Van Jefferson his routes went up as well 
last week to above 90% when it was in the 60s the couple weeks prior. Um, His target share went up. He would be a big-time fill-in if either Cup or Woods were to ever miss time. Uh, Daryl Henderson, one of my favorite by lows right now. He's a great play as a low-end running back one every week. Great matchup for him. The Texans are allowing the most rushing yards to running backs this season. So, you know, make sure he's in your lineup. On the Texans side, Brandon Cook's target share has cooled off a bit. You know, he's still at 32% for the season, which is great. He still saw 31% um, a couple weeks ago, 24% this last week. So he's chilling as a wide receiver too. Not the best offense, but Tyrod is coming back soon. (laughs) <laughs> I feel kind of weird saying that, though. Um, I think it's worth paying attention to Nico Collins, not picking him up just yet, but 15% and 16% target share over the last two weeks, running around on about 70% of dropbacks over the last two weeks as well. So keep an eye out on the rookie to see if that goes up at all moving forward. Now, this backfield, David Johnson and Philip Lindsay might see some more opportunity now that Mark Ingram has been traded to the Saints. David Johnson was already leading this team in snaps, um, but you know he wasn't the primary rusher this year uh that was mark ingram um so now who will take over there right it it, it might be a mix of Lindsay and johnson but it is interesting because johnson did see a huge spike in rushing attempt share this past week johnson ended up leading the team in rushing attempts and Lindsay was phased out um so johnson already you know was running routes on about 50 percent of dropbacks ingram had about 20 percent of that for the year so there's some opportunity here potentially for johnson in my opinion um, you know, now this is a bad offense, so the ceiling is low, but you know, DJ can potentially maintain RB2 numbers in PPR, you know, five to seven targets per game, maybe 12 carries per game. You know, th- that's pretty good opportunity right there. And that's kind of what I'm projecting. If Lindsay is truly phased out now, I, I don't want to start Johnson in this game though. This week, he's a pickup, he's a hold, he's a wait and see, um, to see how the Texans actually roll. Right. Um, and we'll see what they do against the Rams this week. Okay, moving on to the Bengals at the Jets. Joe Mixon, he's an RB1 play. The Jets are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs this season by a wide margin. Uh, Samaji Pirine might even get some run at the end of the game as a Bengals, uh, you know, as the Bengals have shown, you know, that they're willing to do. So, you know, him as a desperate flex in a deeper league, why not? Right? There's plenty of fantasy points to go around for running backs against the Jets. Um, Jamar Chase, he's balling out. Keep him in your lineup as a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. T. Higgins is a borderline wide receiver too. Now, the Jets have been pretty damn good against wide receivers. The slot is where their vulnerability is, um, but it's going to be tough to stop these guys. You know, can Boyd show up this week because of the matchup? Maybe, but I do think that Burrow is going to target his guys regardless, meaning Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Now, speaking of Burrow, he's a low on QB1 rest of season. You know, could upgrade if the Bengals continue to pass first and run more plays. Um, CJ Ozama, he's not running enough routes or being targeted at a high enough rate to really depend on him as a tight end one. He can easily disappear. However, you know, he has a nose for the end zone, clearly, right? And I'm starting him as a streamer, right? But I'm not starting him over guys like Higby, Goddard, Fant, you know, guys like that. On the Jets side, Ty Johnson has avoided a concussion. So I'd assume that him and Michael Carter will share the load relatively equally. Carter is the preferred play, but only in deeper leagues. If Johnson was out, Carter would have been a great play, right? Um, Corey Davis's route participation has dropped each of the last two weeks. Jameson Crowder has actually running the most routes um, of any Jets wide receiver. Well, at least as of last week. All these guys are iffy, you know, this week to me in terms of plays. Um, but Davis and Crowder are flex plays like right now. I would say I prefer Davis than Crowder. But remember, Mike White is the QB 
uh, for the Jets this week, not Flacco, who they just traded for. All right, so those are the matchups that I'll be talking about in this episode. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow, where on Friday, where I'll be going over uh, the rest of the matchups. So I'll be going over eight, uh, eight of the other games uh, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for that. I'm Faraz at Upper Hand Fantasy. I really, really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening every single week. Uh, thank you um, to everybody reaching out via DMs, commenting on the posts, on Instagram, all that. I, I just really appreciate you guys. So um, if you don't follow me, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Take it easy. See ya.